Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's the theme of the show every week. Don't well, I die. Love, I love the energy in that. It's nice to have you back. Yeah, no, I'm back, but I got that thing where you, at one o'clock or two o'clock every day, I just have to go to sleep. It's crazy. It's so <laughs> exhausting. I think it's called, they used to call it long hauler. I don't, it's just, it's just one of the symptoms. Strangest symptoms. I was talking with Klinghoffer last night when he was driving back from the canceled Sacramento show. Everyone we know has it and they have all kinds of varied, crazy symptoms. So after my chest clears up, I get a sore throat for two days. And then prior to this COVID, I had had COVID in January and I was starting to get over the exhaustion in the middle of the day. Now it's back. I slept from one o'clock till 3.15 and Sid woke me by making noise and I wasn't the greatest parent. Sorry. <laughs> what did you tell her? <laughs> I said, I was sleeping, Sid. And she got all sad and like, whatever she's, you know, it, what it was is, you know, when you, somebody's asleep and they've been asleep a long time, you just decide they've slept long enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I do it to Chrissy. I, I do. <laughs> you know, like it's been an hour and 45 minutes. Like you said you were going to take an hour nap. Uh, time to get up. So you no. just kind of clang things and make noise and whatever. No, no, Bug doesn't <laughs> let me sleep. Bug hates it. The second I get comfortable, he comes over and puts his face right next to my Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Well, <laughs> Elvis, when he was little, he used to come over and say to me, are you, are you asleep? That'll wake yep. you up. Yep, yeah, every weird time. weird voice when you're sound asleep. Are you asleep? Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so it's, COVID is kicking people's fucking ass. I know that. I know uh, everyone, so, uh, you don't. You've had it twice, right, Chuck? Yeah. So you're probably yeah. not going to get it. I, uh, you know, why was the show canceled in Sacramento? Because then Jeff got it. Jeff and Matt, the whole rhythm section had. Oh no. And then uh, Flea has it. Um, uh, who else was I talking to? Had it. Uh, Oh, fuck, I forget. So, um, and it's, here's an interesting thing. I was with Anthony yesterday, and I said, I said to this guy, Patrick, that we work with, yeah, it was, it was like, you know, it was like, it's like having the flu. And Anthony goes, that's not what you sounded like. You sounded <laughs> like you were fucking dying. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because he's dodging it. We meet in our office with the doors open, so the breeze comes through. And we sit like 12 feet apart. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think anybody's gonna get away from it i think everybody i really don't think i don't know how you can tour under these conditions here's an interesting thing everybody in the audience can have covid they don't check them they don't have to show their vaccination they don't have to show take their temperature but e a band member like keith morris was playing a show up in upstate new york he didn't he, ha he had no symptoms and they they um, tested him going into the building and then they told him he had COVID. We got to get him on to tell the story or I could reenact it. So, <laughs> so I couldn't enter the building and everybody was 
scrambling around trying to figure out what the fuck was going to go on. <laughs> and, and I was standing in the parking lot and I saw this urgent care like 500 yards away and I just walked over there. <laughs> There's an urgent care in the parking lot of the punk rock palace. That's fantastic. Good. They, to Good. they told me just to drink a lot of water and to rest. <laughs> yeah, I I've been they, telling Keith to drink water and rest for 33 years. <laughs> he doesn't listen. <laughs> well, he did. They took some days off. Well, they Everybody. had to. They won't let you go into a building if you test positive for COVID. Yet the audience coming in the other door, this is, you know, everybody hates this basketball player, Kyrie Irving. I, I love him and know how silly he can be. You know, he is one of the, if he wasn't crazy, he would be up there with Kobe. That's how great a talent he is. But he's kind of whacking crazy. He's the basketball player that said that. How do we know the earth is round? How do we know it's not flat? Oh, and boy. people really, he went to Duke University too, by the way. <laughs> I don't even want to know how he graduated if he didn't learn about the earth. <laughs> so, so anyways, Kyrie Irving was this person they were making an example out of the NBA and he wouldn't get vaccinated. So, and this, he plays in New York City. So the city says you can't go into a building unless you're vaccinated. But then that, that changed and the fact was he wasn't allowed to play a game as a player but he could buy a ticket and go watch the game that's in that is idiocracy at its finest it's yeah it makes absolutely no sense he was going to have more contact with people the they guy on given the, up the, guy the football the guy in the basketball court yeah you know they have school has been relaxed school has given up like and, they, and, they just don't we told the school we all have covid and they were like okay, we'll just count the days from Sydney's first symptom and then just come back <laughs> in 10 days. It was just, it was fine. It was, and they didn't, it was so different than it was four months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think everybody just had an ass full of it. It's just like, we're all over it. You know, it's just like, we get it. It's not good. It's, it's a bad thing. We'll be smart. I mean, like that uh, Cool World Fest was jam-packed with people and it was, it was bitching. It was so cool to be out and see huge crowds and great How bands. great was Devo? How great is fucking Devo? Devo was freaking amazing. Devo was amazing. Bauhaus was amazing. Bauhaus did you go, Mike? Did you go to it? I did not. And so, well, it was all the bands of the 80s. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be legendary. They're going to do this every year. I mean, I've already told them bands they got to get Modern English, Simple Minds. Like it, it was, it was so great. It was. I, I don't want to say it was better than Coachella, but I don't know a lot of the bands that are playing Coachella, so I'm kind of discovering them, and you feel kind of nerdy and stupid to share with both my wife and my kids. Violent Femmes, right? Yeah. And to listen to it together, Blister in the Sun. It was just so fucking amazing. Right? It was, yeah, it was dude, incredible. Both stages, both stages went off. For me, I, I you know, other than the fact it was 95 degrees, I was trying to find some shade. And uh, you know, but it, other than the fact it was 95 degrees, it was um amazing. I, I would do it again tomorrow. Yeah, so so on the way there, 
I played all the band's hits that were playing, right? And the kids were like, you know, they weren't that excited. And except for Violent Femmes, they really liked Violent Femmes. There's something about Violent Femmes that's something just so intergenerational <laughs> fucking great, man. How does, so that record, how does the first record sound so good with just the instrumentation they have? It sounds it's, so full. It's incredible. And incomplete well, with such sparse instrumentation. And, and you know, it came out on Slash Records. Like Anna Statman, I think. Remember right. Anna Statman, Mike? Yes. She signed them, I think. Yeah. And that was like 81 or something. I, I mean, it was 84. Of, 84? When yeah. did Fire of Love came out? Slash Records. Imagine that you form a record label, this guy Bob and this other guy. They had a magazine, then they formed a record label. They, of the first 10 albums they put out, like five of them are immortal. <laughs> you know what I mean? X Los yeah. Let's just go through it. X Los Angeles, Fire of Love by Gun Club, uh, Violent Femmes. Uh, what's the name of that first album? I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just, uh, I think it is just Violent Femmes. That's the one with uh, Gone Daddy Gone. And Gone Daddy. Blister no, no, Gone Daddy Gone is the second one. That, the first one has Blister in the Sun. They're, they're like a Minnesota band or something, right? Yeah. Some Midwest. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, they but are. Slash right? Records. I mean, and then Wild Gift comes out on Slash, the second X record. Um what else is on site? Go to the original Slash releases. It's like unfucking believable. Yeah, the oh. first record is just called Violent Femmes. It was eighty three. I was wrong, not eighty four. Eighty three. And then, but. but look at Slash. Look up Slash Records original releases because I think they started nineteen eighty with X Los Angeles. I think that was the first record that came out. They did the Decline soundtrack. Well, they did singles. Black I think they did some singles, didn't they? thought it, it was a germ single oh forming yeah the germ single in 1978 and then x's los angeles followed so it was those two that set it off first but i mean you got it like you know all this record company shit of the eight late 80s and 90s and all the bullshit me and mike lived through just like it was a it was a record label started out of a magazine and they just signed the bands that were playing at the local bars and they made five of the greatest albums ever made. I mean, think about that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But I mean, they made you know, the first, the first Los Lobos record is on there. But oh, I mean, the, right. The plugs, picked, I think they picked, the plugs, but, the plugs there was first album, electrify me might be, I don't know if electrify me is on slash and then fire of love and violent Femmes and Los Lobos and the blasters. I mean, it's crazy. And, and, you know, now we got, what do we got? We got Justin Bieber and BTS and Blackpink and, you know, that's my world. But you know, now. Though, but that's what was so cool. <laughs> when you were at, when you were at Cruel World, I mean, the one thing that struck me is I didn't feel like it was uh, like a nostalgia tour. Bands were performing, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like one of those things where, you know, uh, I'm remembering like what it was when I saw him back then. It was, it was alive. It kicked well, ass. I'm, I'm going back 10 years, man, maybe even 15, like more than 10 years. So me and Fushante went to see the original Coachella movie that had two songs by every band that had played Coachella. And we were, 
it was, you know, White Stripes are great, Radiohead's great, or whatever. So then we're, but, you know, it had Interpol, it had all the bands of the original Coachella, right? And we're driving home and I go, what do you think? What are you thinking about, John? Because he was looking out the window and he said, I just don't think people know how to write good songs anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And and let me tell you, the the 80s people knew how to write good songs. Devo, fucking Public Image. Psychedelic Furs. Psychedelic Furs. Even Gene Loves Jezebel. I saw them. They were good. They have two songs I I love. I thought you were Um, all big on Harry Styles or something, Bob. No, 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 not Harry Styles. I love, I love Justin Bieber. Did you see what Justin Bieber did this week? So he was playing in Buffalo the night of the mass killing, and he asked for a moment of silence, and the dumbass crowd wouldn't shut up, and he <laughs> lost his shit on them. <laughs> like, like, that's what that's where you know thoughts and prayers doesn't mean a fucking thing people are so selfish and narcissistic and ridiculous at this point this whole society is so lost i mean large large portions of it right they can't even shut up and not be taking pictures with their phones for two minutes he asked for two minutes of silence for the victims and the fucking place couldn't shut up when they're idle that's too long. <laughs> two minutes is just too fucking long, man. One minute, 60 <laughs> seconds, 30 minute. seconds, anything. It's more. just so, you know, and that's their idol asking them to be quiet. Right. I mean, I, it's just like, if, what if the Jim hell Morrison is going on? That, people would have shut up. If, you know, if Jim Morrison, Gene Simmons, freaking anybody that has pool, maybe that says something about his, his fans. More than anything it's, it's else. No, it's more about now. I don't think there's any respect or decorum or anything at left in in I, I just don't think there is. There isn't the Pearl Jam audience. The Pearl Jam audience is like this weird other world of people. <laughs> yeah. It really awesome. is. They're it's, so respectful of Josh. <laughs> like I've never seen an opening band get so much respect. And I also have never seen ever in my life going back to you know, uh, the Black Sabbath or all the bands of the 70s, I've never seen the the headlining band singer come out and open the show and then introduce the first band. Eddie Vedder is fucking, that is, that is, I've never seen anybody do that. Yeah, he's got, he's got some good stuff going on there, man. Yeah, that, that audience, but I mean, who are they that are so great and cool and and respectful like well, you know who, they've always cared for their fans you know they've put their fans but everybody first. cares for their fans they don't know but i mean more for that, their fans that, that was almost the whole the whole ticket master thing you know well I mean, let's not get into picks. that come on now but you're gonna open a can i mean do you know that they're early they're early fan well let me club. just tell you that Ticketmaster, bob their early fan club members get get um tickets first before everybody else but is that fair to other fans who aren't a member? Sure. Like, you, you know, no, it's not. That long, no, it's not. You, you know, your fans. It's club. not fair. Uh, there's no way to make ticket. There's no way to make tickets fair as long as secondary markets are going to exist. The government needs to stop it. So, so I wanted to go. So the reason why I wanted to do it early is Chrissy's favorite band is playing tonight at the Shrine. Oh, nice. I, I was so exhausted. I didn't really want to drive to the Shrine. It's a long ways from my house, and. uh and so I went, I wanted to get, because if we were going to go, I wanted to get the front row tickets. So I went on 
secondary uh, vibrant tickets or whatever it's called for Seeger Ross, 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 however you say it, that Icelandic band. Mm-hmm. Row BB, second row. How much do you think the tickets are, Chuck, on the secondary market for tonight's show at the Shrine Auditorium for Seeger Ross? I don't know. $750. How much? $750. No, they're, they're $309 plus <laughs> fees. So it would be $618 plus about $200 in fees. It'd be That's like $800. $800 to go see your favorite band. I was this close. has got to stop. And and they're not. It's not like they're top of the charts, or or it's some. Um, you know what I mean? That's they're. You know, obviously they built their following, but if the church charged that much, I wouldn't go. Yeah, it's just so crazy. The I honestly market don't stuff. know how you guys go to the festivals, man. I cannot stand going to festivals, dude. The, well, we went, you got to plan it. Well, let me give some elderly advice to our to our listeners. If you're going to go to a festival. Like Bob, the, fest- the, the psychedelic furs and X are playing out at Pappy and Harriet's, and I'd pay I'd pay a hundred fucking dollars a ticket. Oh, to guess go guess who else is playing there next in in June? Something I looked up secondary market tickets. Uh, Bell and Sebastian, who I love, I was obsessed huh. with in the nineties. Bell and Sebastian are playing Pappy and Harriet's secondary market tickets for general admission in that dirt field in the back is two hundred dollars. So if somebody, not, you want to go with your partner, it's $400 plus fees, like $500. It's only like 60, 70 bucks to go see X and but it, Psychedelic uh, first. Right. Well, they're playing together? Yeah. Oh, it's I, sold out for sure. Because what happens is these, these stub hubs and these people gobble up all the tickets and then they go to the secondary market. That's mm-hmm. that. I mean, you're getting them from the band or from the promoter or something but or you're lucky enough to be in the queue to for the few hundred tickets that they release to the public and then they put it all in the secondary market it's it's like it's awful it's awful for fans so and what happened was i got used to it because i you know aloe has been wonderful for my life and i feel blessed and thankful to evan and jared that i do have this comfortable living what killed it was Idris. Having a third kid kills everything. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't buy tickets for $200. You can't do fucking shit. It's crazy. I know. How did you do it? Like that third one, laundry doubles for some reason. You got one little tiny being that's like 10 pounds. Laundry doubles. Dishes double. You don't have any spare money ever. It's fucking insane. Because when Sid was born, we were still like going out and could afford to like go to eat at Musso and Frank's. I couldn't go to Musso and Frank's right now. I got to <laughs> fucking make it paycheck to paycheck. I don't know how one baby can cost so much fucking money. Eh, medical bills, they just pour in. Oh, my God. I'm waiting for that ambulance bill. I'm like, oh, my God. Don't even start with that. And you, for yeah. some reason, you can't really calculate or actually keep up with them that you don't know whether they've just got some rookie doing the books or, you know, you're, you're like trying to figure it out. And you're going like, well, wait a minute. They've already billed me for this. But then you call them and you try and work it out on the phone. And it's just so confusing, the billing. Well, in the collection billing. So we got 
Elvis had to, I forget what it was like two months ago. And I gave the wrong insurance card. I gave my blue cross and then he's not on it. So then they called me day before yesterday and said, uh, Mr. Forrest, uh, you go, uh, Elvis Forrest is not on your policy. And I said, Oh shit. I was just so stressed. Let me get a copy front and back and I'll send it to you. And then I stopped for a second and I said, wait a minute, how much, how much, how much are you going to bill this for? And she said, well, the doctor visit is, is uh, 65 and the PCR test is 100. So I said, 165, you're going to get from the insurance company, but I paid you, how much did I pay you? And she said, you paid 60. So they're getting $225 for a doctor seeing a kid for two seconds and then stuffing something up its nose and sending it in for a test. 200, $200, $225. We were there. Chuck, we were there for like 11 minutes. What a racket. Right? That's good. Such hey. a racket. And, <laughs> yeah. they, and they can't even just go, ah, fuck it. You got to get the wrong insurance. They got to track you down and call your cell phone. And, you know, I, this is billing with the Laverne Medical Group. And da, 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 da. But getting back to the, to the, you know, Sid is now obsessed with concerts. We're just going to talk about concerts because I, I just loved Coachella, I loved, I loved this cruel, is it cruel summer? I always call it cruel, cruel world. It's cruel world. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I told you that Sid liked that band, the Idols, but she reminded her like Rage Against the Machine is the greatest band. So I want to take her to see Rage Against the Machine. And I'm looking online of when they play LA or when they play Las Vegas, Las Vegas would be better because there's better audiences out there. And it's only, do you know Las Vegas is 232 miles from my house? That's not, you can get there in four hours. So nice. And LA, Shine Auditorium is like 50 miles from my house, it takes two hours to get there. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's crazy. So, so I'm looking for Rage Against the Machine and then I, I pop on it and it's Live Nation. And then I realize, like, you know, God, Rage Against the Machine. Are do concerts for Live Nation, a public company. Pearl Jam, who is at war with Live with Ticketmaster, who now does concerts for Live Nation that is owned by Ticketmaster. It's just like as if there's no beating this system. Like you just like there's no way of beating it. What do you not want to have a career? That's how powerful this secondary ticket market is. It's just so much money, right? Yeah, no, it's a ton of money being made for doing nothing. You know, that's what sucks is all they do is gobble up shit that we would have gotten to because they have the ability, you know, because they're allowed to. They gobble up all this shit and then then it's legal scalping, which is, you know, which I, I noticed with a lot of the shows they have, you know, if, you, if you're not going to go, then put your tickets back up. But here if you want to go see something that you love, like, like I'm willing to pay for it, but I'm not willing to pay $309 to see Sigaros. I would, and then I started thinking about it. Whoa, what did I expect when I clicked on the orchestra pit tickets? What, what price did I expect <laughs> that would be acceptable to me? And it's half that. It really is. I figure like 150 bucks, two tickets, 300 bucks. The fees are fucking 80, 380. I would have gone for that. Would have put it on a credit card, but I would have gone for that. But eight hundred dollars, 
No fucking way. <laughs> you know, on Bug's birthday, it just so happened that X was playing on his birthday. And that's who we wanted to go see. So we ran out to Riverside and uh, saw X and the Bouncing Souls for his birthday. <laughs> it was so cool. How much it's were tickets? 50. 50. That's fair. 50. And then it was a kick-ass show. And Bug got Did you to go to Billy. see the Circle Jerks, Mike? I did not. They played the Palladium, I think. You know, I don't want to hit up Keith. It's like, you know, or Xander. I don't want to hit any of those guys up. I saw Xander at Cruel World. Cruel Summer, Cruel World. I texted you from there. You didn't respond. Did you go on Saturday? I wasn't there that day. I went on the Sunday. Oh, I was just just looking for shade, man. I always wanted to get to shade. Sunday was a much cooler day. We sat. Well, here's the thing about going to festivals. You got to just, you can't be okey-doke by one band you want to see that plays early in the day. You can, you've got to ignore that impulse. Right. You cannot get there at two o'clock in the afternoon, which I think there was one band at two o'clock I wanted to see. And I was like, we aren't going to, we're going to be exhausted by seven, seven o'clock and we're not going to see Devo and we're not going to see Blondie. And we're not going to, like, I just know because I've gone to so many festivals. You can't be okey-doke. You've got to let that go. You've got to let go. Yeah, let God. The, the English beat go, that was God. happening early that was kind of like, but you know, <laughs> before you give your stuff, a uh, motorcycle is the hip trick for festival parking because you get to ride all the way up to the gate. They, oh, told, right. they told me just park under a tree somewhere. So you just we went wrote, by yourself? Chuck, you went no, by yourself? Me, me and Amy. I put her on the back oh, of the motorcycle. Oh, my God. Is she... Yeah, does she have one of those vests that says uh, "Property of Chuck" or whatever? No, no, no. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it absolutely it says it, it says HB on the bottom, Huntington Beach <laughs> along the bottom. I see. How can it be in, in the twenty first century? I, you know, because two ten is a big mongrels kind of mongols. Is that mongols. The name? Goals. Goals. Yeah. Well, there's a big mongols. mongols. Too. And you, you see them all the time with these women with these vests on, like, property of some guy in 2022. Yeah. It's kind of astonishing. It, it, is, I mean, it is amazing. It's amazing. Well, speaking of the motorcycle jackets, have you seen Xander's motorcycle jacket where he has a, he made a motorcycle jacket vest for himself, and it says Slosh Angels, just like the Hells Angels. Mm. Does, it, does it have the death hat on it? Yeah, it's a, it's like a, it Ooh, looks like a Hell's right. Angels logo, but you got to look real close. It's not Hell's Angels, it's Slosh Angels. Uh-oh, that could be <laughs> trouble, man. <laughs> you know what? That's his problem, not mine. I'm not yeah. going to start talking. I hope you don't wear it often. <laughs> you don't want to go hang out in Pasadena wearing that. Isn't that Mongol's <laughs> name? Yeah, you need somebody to tell you to take that shit off, man. So, so you can't be okie doke by early bands. And I'm sorry, Fact. the early band's playing and you love them, but you can't be okie doke by it. And so you got to wait, Bob. And you got to use the Christian mantra let go, let God. Let God. Let, let go, let I God. I don't even just know let that it that's go. As Christian as it is. Well, I'm just gonna, a, I'm gonna, I, I just got to tell you what band I was willing to let go, let God about because I, I, I still have the schedule in my phone. Um, you got to let go. You cannot go see that band at two o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, you cannot. You no need kidding. to. You need to ask the baby Jesus to let you let you <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Pasadena, like three fifteen. 
it was at who was it the english beat okay yeah. english beat went on at 220 i wanted my kids to see the english beat i had to make a, a fatherly decision i had to let that idea go because if we were there at two o'clock we would not have been there for you know for Devo. did you stay lotion. through morrissey no 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 did you stay for I, Bauhaus? Yeah, I saw a little bit of Bauhaus. I've wait, seen wait, Bauhaus wait. like How four times. Morrissey? I love Morrissey. You uh, know that. Morrissey was was freaking solid, dude. It That's was really amazing, good, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Bob's he, got he, a problem with him. I, I, you know, it's so far beyond time to let bygones be bygones. Like, the Smiths are probably one of the 10 greatest bands ever in the history of England. And to let some petty differences keep all the joy that they could share with people. Like, I, I don't get it. I don't get that stuff. I, I, I don't, I, I, that would, that's one of the things that's so frustrating. Cause we were, I was talking to some guy cause I stood in line to buy a shirt. I stood in line for a half an hour to give them $35 for a t-shirt. And I, Amy tricked me into it because I thought she wanted a shirt, but she just wanted me to get one because she knows I buy shirts everywhere I go. Well, I wear t-shirts. But um, I was talking to this guy and I go, this is so cool that these people understand that their music means something to people and they let the petty shit go and they show up and they do the songs <laughs> that maybe they're tired of doing, you know, the songs that people want to hear. People put on their best sets, you know? They weren't out there trying to sell their new record. They were, they were playing the songs that people wanted to hear and they did a kick-ass job. And I go, that is, that is so cool. And somebody, you know, who's like a little bit, you know, people might go, oh, it's for the money, but you know what? It's not worth it for the money. I know, I know some of the musicians, you just do it because it's fun. Like most people, right. like psychedelic furs go out every summer. They just want to have fun and make, make a little bit of dough. Like what's and wrong with that? And they're still so good. Richard's voice sounds so good. He is so good, man. And he's so cool. I could watch that guy all night. But you know, he was my landlord. No. Yeah, he was my landlord. Does he talk in that same voice? No, I just talk to his wife 99% oh. of the time, but, but no. they're, always not, they're always nice to me. They always want me to re-rent re that house because I was the greatest tenant. I don't, yeah. ever, I don't ever want to call the landlord because I know they're going to complain and then they think I'm a bad tenant and then they raise the rent, the 5%. I've never, I've never called the landlord to like, have some petty thing fixed. I just fix it myself. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Right. So, so anyways, so we see they loved kids love violent pubs. Elijah was running that small stage. You know that my son was the stage manager of that small stage. I was so proud of him. <laughs> which which and, stage? There was the outsiders, the, the lost Georgine boys, and the Jezebel. sad girls. Georgine loves Jezebel. <laughs> I think that was a sad girl stage, but it was cool. Yeah, he was. It was. It was great to see him. And then Elvis, we said, you know, he was he was hanging out with Elijah and then we said, well, we're going to go walk around and Elvis wanted to stay. And I said, okay, you stay. And I said, Elijah, teach him how to fucking work. And he was loading shit like, <laughs> nice. and moving shit around. But yeah. Get used to manual labor. Cause that's all there is left in the future. So, <laughs> so, so, but the greatest thing was, even though the kids, they love blistering the sound, they love the music. And then Chrissy didn't know a lot about Gordon. And I said, you know, 
he's kind of like a minister guy or something. And as soon as I said that, he did a Jesus song. <laughs> 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 he's a very spiritual did, man. Did I he think. go Holy Roller? I, I don't. He, yeah, his dad was a minister, and then he right, got, but he rebelled. He got, well, I mean, he, if you listen to the lyrics of "Blister in the Sun," he's a heroin addict in 1983. Yeah. So yeah. either there's only a couple ways to get off of heroin, right? A A N A uh religion death those are the only three ways out of heroin <laughs> and since he's alive and i've never heard him uh, you know about the 12-step world i'm assuming it was a religion mm -hmm. do you know the most sure. successful drug program the highest uh success rate drug program um in american history is the nation of islam they have a drug program they have a they treat addicts and you have to join the nation of islam to be in the program and then of course nation of islam doesn't allow smoking or you know alcohol or all that but it just shows i mean it has like a 80 percent success rate or something it shows what? you just indoctrinate somebody into a, a community of, of common good or whatever you want to call it it's the well community. you know the, ta the taliban in afghanistan are sending are they they round up all the men that are junkies on the street and shit and put them in a place and and they treat it they they say these guys are with our Islam, brothers and probably, we yeah, and they, they shave their Islam. head just like cry help we i showed you that article and they um you know they make them work but it's they religion them, it, like religion it, religion is one solution i mean i guess if addiction. you got a gun at your back you know you're gonna do whatever <laughs> Right. Well, <laughs> well, there's there's also the junkie thought of is he really going to shoot me? I think that's a junkie <laughs> thought that Americans have the luxury of thinking. I'm sure I'm pretty sure Saudi Arabia, <laughs> yeah. Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, Abu Dhabi, they know, I'm pretty huh? sure they shoot you. Yeah, I mean, you maybe we should just have the MS-13 or something run some rehab. I'm you know? telling you, that would not be a bad idea. Or one no, of the I biker gangs. No, or the biker gangs. Sober, man. And if you don't, <laughs> no. Hell's Angels drug program. That would yeah. fucking work. Perfect. <laughs> we could put it at Altamont. <laughs> so, so, but get this. So we're we saw public image too. He was he was good and Chrissy. I, you know, I drag her to see Phil every time. I think it was the third time we seen him. And she goes, he's so much better. He's singing so much better. And I just said, it's early in the day. Right? <laughs> he, gets, he gets so fucking drunk by nine yeah. o'clock. Right? Was he was in a good Johnny Rotten. He was in a oh. good mood. He sang so great. And yeah, it was because he smiling. played at 4.30. <laughs> smiling in a good mood. And, in a good mood. And, you know, the, and if, you know, talk about a guy that has no fucking filter. He didn't talk about politics. He didn't talk about Steve Jones and the FX show coming up. He didn't use the stage to rant one bit. He really he, was. He went out, great. did his songs, and and got off. How the stage great are those songs? How great is "May the Road Rise with You"? That so song's fantastic. Good. I, I think they had of the. There were like four or five songs of their set that I knew that were really solid. There was some. There was a little bit of mush where he, he was saying like just a couple lines over and over. And I was like, what's he doing? But I figured it must be new. What the world needs now is more fuck off or something like that one. Uh, that's kind of all the words. I think that, I think that panel that he was on where he was just like completely slob. Where he with punched Henry. Mark, ba he, Marky Ramon. Where he punched yeah. Marky Ramon. I think that thing was his bottom, man. It must've been because that was horrible, man. He was I in mean, a you good just wanted mood. to fucking hate the dude, you know? 
Right. And he was huge. So, you know, he wasn't taking care of himself. He's in great shape. Yeah, now. He's, he he's looked good. Out. He, was, he, he looks was amazing. Great. So, Pill was great. And then, uh, and then Violet Femmes, those songs, like, that's another thing. So many great songs in one day. Mm-hmm. Like, life memorable changing songs, just one after the other after the other. The Dam got a new rose. It's just like, it's fucking, it was so great. So we saw The Damned, and then, we, and then we're walking back to see Devo, and they started, and Sid and Elvis were mesmerized by those guys. Well, they did a complete and, show. They, you know what I mean? The well, whole, but the way they move, the new yeah. guitar player moves the best of the old Devo movement, right? <laughs> the bald dude? The old, yeah. guys, the old guys can't really do it the way the <laughs> new guy can. <laughs> But you when know, they, they turn and they look like animatronic things, yeah. like, it's so cool. <laughs> so the kids were doing that dance. They were doing that frozen motion dance. It was so mm-hmm. fucking cool. And so they were loving Devo. And, and they sounded and, so good, too. It was so, I mean, it's just like, dang, this is it was cool. weird. The song they ended with was uh, Freedom of Choice or something. I, I like, because I kept thinking, They've played every fucking hit. What are they going to close with? And then they did Freedom of Choice. Weird song to end with. I think, you know, it, but it's about the most political song from Devo. I was surprised they did Mongoloid in 2022. Well, I know. And did it so loud and proud. Yeah. And did it so good and uncontrollable. Sid was obsessed with what is your favorite Devo song? Because she loved. Are we not men? We are Devo. Yeah, yeah. We were singing that <laughs> yeah, on the way home. Jocko Homo. How about I mean, the fact a five-year-old little girl was singing Are We Not Men on the way home? We are Devo. It was, it was so, so joyous. And, and the crowd doing a song back. called Jocko Homo. <laughs> yeah. Are we not men? We are Devo. Did you yeah. tell we her are the Devo. name of the song? Huh? Did you tell her the name no, of the song? No, I did not. I said it's We Are Devo. <laughs> <laughs> What about good, man? Yes, they played with it. Well, you know, Bob, they had the best drummer in the fucking world, man. Josh, yeah, he was. That was funny because because I didn't expect Josh to be there because he's touring with Offspring right now too. But that guy goes from coast to coast and plays with different bands on the same day. He is everywhere. I love it, well, man. It he was walks just, up. He doesn't even tune his drums if they're not. Like, he didn't. You know what I mean? It's just not like he sits there and tunes them. He just goes bunk, 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 bam, and he's on them. And, and, he, and he, he put on the monkey mask just like everybody else. I mean, they did four costume changes. They, I know. they were probably the most entertaining uh, of the day. Morrissey sounded great, and I'm a Morrissey fan, so I'm biased. The church sounded great, but Bauhaus's thing was so freaking dramatic and so heavy, and they made such cool sound. I I was totally impressed, and and I the longer I get away from it, the more I appreciate that whole day. Yeah, that. So it's not for money. It's not nostalgia. It's just great songs. I don't know why people see. That's the new society thing, is like negativity. So you mm-hmm. have to say they're only doing it for the money, or everybody's nostalgia. And I've been guilty of that too. The fact is. They write way better songs than bands these days. That's all. The fact that they write better songs than any of the bands nowadays. You could have said that about any of the stages. I mean, when I'm when I'm hearing when I'm walking towards Blondie and I hear just Clem Burke's drumming, 
and just a baseline and just it's just like man we didn't see much of blondie did they do hanging on the telephone that's my favorite song and that's not even their song I know, that's, that's a gary <laughs> gary valentine who was in the nerves with peter case <laughs> yeah. right i'm yeah. in the phone booth it's a one across the hall um just about uh the death of bob newworth is a mutual yeah I, I i saw that this morning and i thought of you mike mart so bob the newworth, greatest man ever man said he was stuff a, that you could not believe you know like like bob <laughs> newworth, he, he was the type you'd walk into a room and go who's in charge here Remember that, Bob? <laughs> yeah, well, I had, a, I had a secretaryship at a, at a meeting called the Solutions Meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. I asked him to speak and he came and he opened up with, what the fuck, solutions? I don't have any solutions. What the fuck are you just <laughs> ranting about, about solutions? Alcoholics don't have solutions. They create problems where there are no problems. <laughs> like, <laughs> so great, man. And he said, that's when he said something that really, because I didn't stay sober uh, at that point. And he said something that, that the day he forever. got sober was not the worst day he'd ever had with drugs or alcohol. Yeah. And I, because I kept looking for my bottom and everybody would say, when are you going to hit bottom? So I was like looking for a bottom and him saying that the day he got sober wasn't, it kind of like made the thing more mysterious as to how you get sober instead of everyone else is telling me well you know you got to fucking get down on your knees and look for that crack in order to become willing when are you going to become willing he had this other take on it which was he just was tired of living like that yeah yeah you know and it was just so refreshing and kind of open and I don't know. It just was so different than the shit that all the people around that I was going to meetings with were pounding into my head. When are you going to get it? When are you going to get a humble? When are you going to get humble? I, you know, sucking dick for crack is pretty humbling, Chuck. I don't, I don't know if you're aware <laughs> of this. It's a very humble. It's just, it's a humbling position to be in. <laughs> you know yeah, at I mean? least you're getting paid. So, so I got people that you know, like I don't want to say, like Michael Kelly and Wag and all these people tell me, "When are you going to get humble?" I was like, "Like, I'm pretty humble. I'm pretty humbled. I'm a, I'm humbled beyond humble to humiliated. I don't know what you're talking about. It's uh, and I and I was I pretty militant." Yeah, I have experienced demoralization. <laughs> yeah, I have experienced it. So, so the question is, what does it? And Bob had this whole insight about, like, it's a mystery. Why do you have to know everything? Yeah. Just be grateful and cherish it. He used the word cherish. Cherish yeah. your sobriety. It's a gift, right? And, and so profound effect on like it comes from him that that it's a gift it's a mystery and you have to respect it and cherish it and 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 put it in high regard sobriety and and i i'm telling you the antithesis is that i work the steps that's why i'm sober that removes all the all the magnificence out of it yeah right the magic right. and the wonder, yeah. The magic well, it, and wonder of it all. And, and I mean, how many times a, a week do you say that to clients where, man, it's your sobriety. Take care of it, you know, because it's yours. It's, it's, you've got this thing right now. Nurture it. 
because it's if if being sober wasn't better than being loaded, I'd be loaded right now, and there wouldn't be people that are sober for periods of time if it wasn't if it wasn't good. And, yeah, and Bob, pre- Bob Newworth also forced me to uh, get high too. I want to I want to acknowledge that. So very <laughs> early on, very early on in the eighties, um, he was a lot of people I admired. Sponsor, right? Mike mentioned somebody today that said to say hi to me. He was, he was, um, a lot of people, a lot of musicians that I admired, he was their sponsor. So he was speaking at Fountain of Fairfax on a Saturday and I asked him to sponsor me and he said, Oh my God, Bob, you know, I have, I have, I have a lot of sponsees and I've been traveling a lot. I've been going to Cuba and I just don't know if somebody, um, you know, that has more time to spend with you wouldn't be better. I took that as he's an asshole. Fuck him. Fuck AA. I walked home. I called a drug dealer and I got high. Wasn't that a good solution to that? <laughs> that, to that dilemma there? Solved you it. showed him, Bob. <laughs> I showed <laughs> Bob Newworth what a phony fuck he was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he said it in such a gracious way. Like he also was eventually when I got Gloria as my sponsor and I was getting shit about that. He was very supportive because, you know. Why do people care who people's sponsors are? I had him like, speak at the I had him speak at the Melrose in Mansfield one time, and he was he pretty cantankerous he, speaker, right? Yeah, he he got up and he just goes, "What what the fuck is going on here? What are we all doing here, man?" Last time I remember, I was in I was in Paris painting houses, man. He just went on the stream of conscious, <laughs> consciousness <laughs> about fucking shit that was just out of this world, man. It was so fucking great. And you could listen to him and be like hypnotized by the language that he used and then completely like forget why you were laughing so hard, you know, like it was a magic he moment was, man, that just he created. It was amazing. And L.A. had all those magical people and they're all gone now. Gloria, Buddy Arnold, um, uh, Cubby, Bob yeah. Newworth, they're all gone. See, but that's it's, where you got to step up, just like the next generation of stadium acts. You know what I mean? There, is, there is no <laughs> next stadium. There is Spears World Jam and Chili Peppers. Looks like Foo Fighters might be not not happening. So as soon as the the stadium acts that play now are over, I don't know what can replace them. I, I just I just think this whole thing is getting wobbly. Did you uh did you take notice of the the dance tent? At, oh at yeah, Cold I World. went in there. That was cool. It was cool, but it was so sad to me that people were missing iconic live acts with real people to listen to pre-recorded music. Yeah, and I that just, part kind of bummed I, me out. I, I don't know. I just it brought me back to the '80s dance clubs I worked in. It really <laughs> was. They had a lot of smoke and lights and everything. It looked like it reminded me of Seven Seas where I used to work. Hey, speaking of that, I went by a garage sale. And I saw this little, uh, uh, one of those old strobe lights, you know, that you plug in and you turn yeah, on yeah, yeah. fashions. I bought it for $5. I Does it know. work though? Does I it just work bought though? it because it worked. It, oh, it plugged in and worked? <laughs> yeah. I thought the kids put on a butthole surfers show. Yeah. Those things yeah. are fun. Um, so, um, yeah. The seven so, so oh New my Earth, God. The New Earth made C. it to 82. So once again, I subtracted my 61 and said, I might have 21 more years left. That's awesome. But when 58-year-old people die, Chuck, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> but I met that, so, you know, my, I, I was, my dad was 25 when I was born. And I remember when I got sober, a lot of his friends started dying. And so he'd be my age now, 54, 55. A lot of his, his friends started, you know, it just like the mortality thing kind of caught up with everybody. Well, with some people enough that we noticed it, you know, and it bummed him out. But he's been around, you know, 25 years longer than a lot of the people that he knew. Right. Uh, be, and that was all like the, the regular shit that was taking people out, like cancer and um, heart disease and the things that, that we're do, trying to do a better job of avoiding, you know? Yeah. I just, like, I, you know, I, I can only see, I'm just hoping I don't have a stroke, but I didn't smoke that long. I smoked 10 years because um, I didn't start smoking. Chuck, did you know that I didn't start smoking until I was 31 years old? And I only smoked till wow. I was 40. What a terrible decision for a 31-year-old Yeah, P. Weiss, fucking P. Weiss. <laughs> no, I, I was dope sick. <laughs> I was dope sick. You know, part of when I, part of your progression of your disease has got to be that you become older and more sickly and more malnourished. It has to be. Because right. because dope sickness has to be con like pretty consistent. Why is dope sickness when you're 28 like dealable, and then when you're 31, it's just not dealable at all? Like there's something happens physically to you. So I'm so sick, uh, and we're riding. To, we have a show in Denver. We played in Las Vegas. I had dope in Vegas. I ran out of dope, um, and I'm sick. We're going to Denver, and Pete said. And I was just moaning like, oh, my God, I don't know that I can do this. And I was hitting my legs with my fists and being a baby. And, and uh, Pete said, you might feel better if you have a cigarette. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? Is that true? Everyone, is that true? Is it true that cigarettes get rid of dope sickness? And so oh. I remember I had my first cigarette in the in the monster van or like in some tour bus or something and i remember feeling better it did make yeah. my dope sickness go away for like 20 minutes i think and now i don't know if that's placebo effect or actually nicotine binding to both your uh, receptor sites but i did uh, you know i did feel better for 20 minutes and then i just kept smoking for 14 more years good for you well that's not that long it's not that long, 14 years. So stroke, I, I don't know. My arteries are pretty good. My blood pressure is good. My heart was good last time I checked like five years ago. I did one of those running tests. I've, mm. I've fallen apart since then, though. My heart might not be good. <laughs> no, I was yeah. in so much better shape five years ago. COVID has just destroyed everybody's health. Sitting around in a home for fucking two and a half years. But, um, but so heart... I think I'm pretty good stroke. I, I don't think it's going to happen. So cancer is really the only thing I gotta, I gotta worry about. <laughs> no, it's crazy because like 30, 40 years ago, if you had cancer, it was just a death you sentence. Were done. For the most right, right, right. You know, it's like with the HIV thing, it used to be a death sentence. And so many things are, are fightable if you catch them early enough. You know, the problem is, is most people don't even get detected until they're already stage four because they just ignore but even symptoms. stage four, my mom was stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma and she beat it. Then she died of a stroke because she kept smoking for fucking 50 years. Is that, is that yeah. what does it? 
I mean, Strokes, my mother, yeah. my mom was a was it was a cancer survivor, a breast cancer survivor. What yeah, I, I wrote a song what I was about it. If you remember, that, Mike, I wrote a song about it. Yeah, what I was saying was that if if you can't, you know, if it's it's just one of those diseases where if it starts starts to really get, you know, to a certain stage, there's hardly anything you can do. It's like liver cancer, same kind of thing, or liver, uh, you know, your liver problem. You can get a liver uh, transplant at, at this point. And, and they have new, like, new kind of liver treatments. Like, the next 10 years is going to be, I think, you know, it, it's weird. When you're 61, you do start thinking about, like, how long is this going to play out? Chuck, you're right. too young to think like this. But you do oh, so start I should thinking. Stop. <laughs> so I should stop then because <laughs> I've been thinking about this shit for a while just because yeah, it, I've been watching people die so much that, it just makes me think, what did they, what did they not do that they wanted to do? What, I wonder if they had things that they had planned or were they just existing? That's why we're going to England next month, you know, because I haven't, I haven't been to England. Oh, I'm going to England and France. So oh, why what, not? What month are you going? June? June. End oh, of the June. Pearl Jam's playing there. June. Uh, yeah, Pearl Jam's playing there. What days are you going to be there? Chili Peppers uh, are playing there too. You should look it up. Hyde Park. Hyde Park in summer has got concerts all the time. I think Chili Peppers you. are playing while we're there. Oh, we'll get you in. We'll get you guys in. That would be phenomenal. That'd be fun. That'd be, yeah, yeah, I was would. thinking, I was, before this whole COVID outbreak, I was thinking of going to, to Europe um, to, for, because that's what I always do. Anytime I go on vacation, it's like, kind of following the chili peppers because you get to do something fun and it's kind of center or that's the last time when we went to paris the chili peppers were playing Lollapalooza in paris and we got to go you know it was it was liam gallagher and pixies and chili peppers and jane's addiction and it was fun just to center oh, cool. your kind of vacation around a cool concert so i was thinking about going but but I'm um, so a broke. I'd have to put it on a credit card. I got another, you know, once you start charging up credit cards, they just send you more. Did you oh, know no, that? I know. I know. It's this fucking is, crazy. That's, I owe, that's what, I owe like $7,800 on an $8,000 card. They send me another one. Hey, you want $1,500 more dollars <laughs> on another card? Are you trying to money. kill me? Throw you know, no, you know, and that's, that's one of those things where I could have never done it, but she managed to sock money away because uh, to be honest, dude, I don't even know how much I get on my checks. I ask her if I can spend money and she says yes or no. And I haven't gone without anything I've ever needed since we've been married. But it's just like somehow she's got it to where she pays for things with the credit card then pays them off. Well, guess, so like the, guess what I also thought? This is three months in February, right? So I, I started thinking about Because Anthony told me their schedule, and I said, oh, are you playing in Paris? Because I love Paris. I want to move to Paris, but I don't think I could afford it. We're going there for a few days. Where should we go right. in Paris? Oh, I go to Jim Morrison's grave. It's the greatest thing ever. And go to the okay. Eiffel Tower. There's a carousel next to the Eiffel Tower. It's so cool. It goes really fast. It makes you almost sick. But every time you come around, you're looking up at the Eiffel Tower. It's so fucking bitching. And then, well, Notre Dame burned down, so I don't think yeah. there's much to see there. And you then know, she, she's we been scouring for things to do and look at, and there's plenty to look at. And you know, now it's just like it's like 13 days, and it's not enough because we're going to channel over. Yeah, I know. 
In the so Arche de Triumph region, it's called the Diplomat District because all the all the all the whatever they're called, the, the embassies are there. Mm -hmm. It's like the, you know, there's that Arch de Triumph that mm -hmm. that thing, and then just a couple blocks away is this most beautiful fucking park in in the world, and it has a carousel from like 1896. And it's all, it's just the most beautiful park. And you just like everything about Paris is just great. Right. Um, but anyway, did, so the, the, did I want to get back to February, February, I was thinking like, man, I would go to Chili Peppers in Paris again. And then there's Sydney. Remember we went and saw the Chili Peppers in Paris. Yeah. It was fun. Right. Yeah. Remember that park with the carousel? You still have the soccer ball you bought there. Okay. I'm doing a podcast. We'll see you in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be done. Uh, so, be done uh, in a minute. so listen what I thought. So I thought, like, you know, I got maxed out my credit card. I don't have a lot of cash. I was looking at that fucking RV, guys. I'm looking at that RV <laughs> and thinking, can I find a sucker that wants to buy this <laughs> RV? Not with gas prices. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to, like, do a custom paint job on it so it can be a Bob... Bob Forrest monster van with custom paint. So, and then you can, I was thinking it of not advertising it as a vehicle, advertising it as a home. There's a, a lot of people living in these things. Hey, you can have a home. I, so what did I pay for it? I paid five and I put like 2,500 in it. So 75, I take four for it right now. Dude, raffle it off. Give <laughs> people a chance. Have, a, have like a hundred people, a hundred people buy tickets for a hundred bucks. And they get a they get a one in one hundred shot at going home with it for a hundred bucks. You make ten thousand, and, and no, everybody's happy. No, a hundred times a hundred ten thousand. Is it really sure. ten Maybe times? We should raffle off the RV. It's a dope yeah. RV. It just, it's just, it's just impossible to go RV places. I'm not an RV person. I never should have done it. I thought you ended <laughs> up spending ten grand on it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, getting all the See, lights. There you go. 100, 100 tickets at $100 a piece. <laughs> you know that I, I used to, uh, not, whatever you want to call it. Did we break anonymity here? I used to sponsor a very famous basketball player, and he auctioned his house off for charity. And it was, I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, I'm, you know. And uh, and he, they got like $2 million for this house that he had in Florida. Wow. Huh. See, it, it works. It does work. And I, I always thought of it, you got to give it to charity. Oh, there's Idris going 100 miles an hour. Um, right. I'm glad uh, he's so, happy and healthy. So do you think that's bad that I sell the RV after going on literally three trips in it? <laughs> I, th I think it's bad if you're not using it and it's just going to rot and it's not going to do you any good. And then a year from now, you have to buy four tires for it because they've been sitting or it no, doesn't No, no, no. What I do is once a month, I drive it to the car wash. I pay $120 to have it washed inside and out. And then we go somewhere in it. But we don't sleep in it. So we either we either go to Mount Baldy or we go to Palm Desert or whatever. And, you know, I but I didn't take it to Coachella. I didn't take it. I always thought, uh, like, I'll go to these concerts and park it. And then we have a home base and we can nap and shit. Never going to happen, Chuck. Never going to fucking happen. <laughs> Not going to be no, napping not at a with festival that parking kid. lot in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Why don't you take it to uh, Halama? Have you ever been up to Halama? Halama? Oh my What's god, it's the greatest, dude. It's um it's got a store like this country store. It's right on the beach and you pull up and it's got a place you can, you know, hook up and um you can get everything you want at this store that's been there since 1950 something. It's Where got, is it? How far away? Uh it's just up past Santa Barbara. Oh, on the beach. well, we went to Santa Barbara one time in it, and um, it's really I accidentally fun. dumped the pee in the street. I felt so bad, and I, uh, I didn't know. I, there's <laughs> buttons. There's buttons in that thing, Chuck. I don't know what the fuck they do. But all, but I, I thought I was. I thought I was turning on the water pump for to pee, and I pushed the button that dumps the wa the pee. Oh, nice, not yeah. good. Did not you a good button. button. Not a good pee dump. <laughs> well then Sydney came out and said did the truck just did the RV just pee everywhere and I was like no 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 let's move along move along move along let's get away yeah. from it that's always been there and then I looked for a hose to like hose it out of the we were parked in this parking lot I was like looking for a hose like I gotta hose this pee away and but I didn't move it because I didn't want the, the guy that was attendant to see that I dumped my pee in the parking lot so I like left it there. Then when we came back like five hours later, things stunk like fucking not pee, Chuck. It stunk Ooh. like, I don't know, some ranch and shit. Anyways, I think I'm going to sell the RV and go to Paris. I think Chuck has convinced me the forests are going on a summer European vacation. Yay. Yeah. Well, we'll, right? we'll be there June 22nd for like seven or eight days in England. And then we're channeling across to Paris for three or four days and then flying out of Charles de Gaulle to come home. Hey, oh, you're you flying out zoom, man. You can zoom into us on the, uh, uh, from Paris. If you got a good internet connection. Yeah. It's a, it's the greatest city. Uh, I just love it. I, I told Chrissy day, yesterday, we should move to Paris because Paris, they don't give a fuck about all this whiny, snivelly shit that fucking Americans care about. They don't care about it. Yeah. It's so, you know, and she was like, why don't they care? Do they not have Twitter there? And I was like, they got Twitter there, but they got frontal lobe development. They have critical <laughs> thinking. They have critical thinking. Right? They were, they were they raised on McDonald's. information. <laughs> they not, you know. Like if I hear one more time, lithium. <laughs> if I hear one more time about this stolen election of 2020, these people, Chuck, these, <laughs> these fucking idiots are going to talk about this till the day we die. The 2020 election was stolen. Are you fucking stupid? So what? So even, even if, if it was, was yeah, even if I don't it was, give a cares? fuck. It don't make a fuck. One way or the other, it don't matter. It's done. It's in the books. Move on. Dude, they still talk about it every day. Uh, you know, that's sad. I'm sad that, that you're in a position where you can see them because I haven't been seeing them and I've been avoiding so much stuff just because it is exactly that shit. It's just moaning. Even the people walking up and down Main Street in Huntington Beach, they're not talking about, oh, cool, we're going to the beach. They're always complaining about something. People out, it's supposed to be going for a walk and enjoying life and they're whining and moaning and complaining. And that motherfucker did this. And I'm just like, is there anybody happy anymore? Yes, at Ohana. So we got to go hang out with those neo hippies because yeah. those oh, people got to figure out. Are they neo hippies? That's a good term. I, I maybe I'm know. a neo hippie. I hope I, I am. <laughs> Mike, Mike is Mike is definitely 
I would say yeah, you're a cantankerous neo hippie. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I fall into. Well, yeah, I, used to, I used to call myself a punk rock hippie, but a hippie cowboy, I guess maybe. Hippie cowboy, <laughs> hippie redneck. Are you a hippie I'm redneck? I'm a hippie redneck, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's quite a mix. <laughs> I, I, I lived with a guy when I was do sober one. It, we called him the surfing cowpunk death gardener because his nice. tastes were all over the map and he was a gardener for a living. But his surfing cowpunk death gardener. I, I did get asked on Monday how I wanted to be referred to as, and I said, come again. And they, it was just like this formal thing. And they said, well, just for the paperwork, we need to know how you want to be referred to. And I said, oh, we and us. <laughs> me and us. Oh, Good nice. for you. Taking a step out out Please of your comfort write zone. Write it right down. We, Robert, Robert Forrest, referred to as we and us because there's so many parts of me. All right. Good Woo! night, you guys. Good, Good night, night, man. I'm we and us. You. I'm glad to see you better, Bob. We I feel and great. us. Don't Love die. You guys. See ya. Don't die. Bye, Chuck. Bye, Bye. I can't turn it off. Man. Bob. Man. Long turn off.